You're listening to Hashtag No Filter on Revolver. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 57 of Hashtag No Filter. Today's episode is very different from any other episode I have done. And that's because it is on the topic of politics. But don't click away. It's a very informative and important episode that I think we all need. And by we all, I mean the people that are similar to me who sent in questions who are a little ignorant when it comes to politics. I hate to say it because I'm 33, I'm well-educated, I consider myself a smart girl, but I really am just not that informed when it comes to politics. I read the headlines, I follow the news on Twitter mostly, and I know the big things going on, but I don't I don't know as much as I should, um, I feel. So when thinking about this episode, I, without a shadow of a doubt, I knew exactly who to have on as my guest, and that is David Helfenbein. David Helfenbein and I go way back. Uh, we went to high school together in Chappaqua, and he is probably the most um, intelligent, educated person I know when it comes to politics. He used to work in politics, and he's just, he's brilliant, and I thought he would be absolutely perfect for this episode, Politics for Dummies. And uh, I just, yeah, I think it's a really important episode. Everything we talk about, how, how he explains everything, it is a, a very easy to digest way. I'm talking, we went back to Mr. Fuse class, sixth grade history class at Iwiner Jewish Secondary School and talked about like the three branches of government. That's where we started. And then of course, we talked about what's going on, you know, the political climate today, the upcoming election and all of that. Uh, We did not talk sides at all. That is not what this is about at all. We just talked facts and he explained things. Um, Yeah, and I just think it was a really a great episode. So I hope you listen. It's really interesting. Forward this episode along to any friends you think uh, might find this interesting as well. And I appreciate you all for listening so much. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here is David Helfenbein on episode 57 of Hashtag No Filter. Welcome, David. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Julie. So David and I go way back. We went to high school together. Horace Greeley, class of 2004. You forgot. I thought you know. <laughs> it's been a while. So I'm very excited to have David here because, as I've mentioned, he you're you're definitely the probably the smartest person I know when it comes to politics. Well, thank you. I'm I'm flattered that you say that. <laughs> but see, like I feel like when I was thinking about doing this episode, like politics for dummies, it was it was you. I mean, there was really no one else thank that could do the job. Anyway, so I'm very excited to have you here. Very excited to have you here. I sound like I'm on a, I don't know what. Anyway, but I'm very excited about this. So it's a slightly different episode than normal. We're not going to be talking about all the things. We're going to be talking about politics, but in a very easy to digest way. And I got a bunch of questions and a lot of people that said they're just like me where they're kind of ignorant with this. And it's like with the election coming up and the state of our, our, the political climate, is that a good way to say it? Yep. People need to be informed. So, um, okay, David, can you tell us a little bit about your background before we get into all the questions? Um, we know you worked in politics and you worked for Secretary Clinton. So just a little bit about your background and what you're doing today. Sure. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, and it's good to see you again. So I started uh, my political career working for then Senator Clinton, mm-hmm. uh, Hillary Clinton, and then um, followed her to the um, State Department. So worked for her Secretary Clinton as well. And uh, now I'm in the private sector. Very educated and informed when it comes to politics. And you know what's going on. I, I guess I like to think you, so. I mean, you had a podcast w- uh, last yes. election. Yeah. So you he's... 
he's he's like playing it down, but he knows everything, oh, I think. Well, okay, so let's get into it. So the first, I'm going to dumb this down to a very like elementary school history class level. Great. Um, because someone asked this, and I actually don't know it, it, the full answer. Okay, so there's Senate, House of Representatives, and Congress. What is each? What do they each do? What 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 do they all do? Okay, so there are three branches of government. Mm -hmm. There's the executive branch, which is the president and vice president, mm -hmm. and all of the governmental agencies. For example, the uh, EPA, which is the Environmental Protection okay. Administration. Uh, then there's the... Um, and Is that uh, also like where Homeland Security would Homeland be? Homeland Security, okay, got it. correct. All the cabinet secretaries are at the top of each of these government agencies okay. that are a part of the executive branch. Yep. There's the legislative branch, which is the House of Representatives and the Senate. And then there's the judicial branch, which is the Supreme Court and all the courts, courts. that fall beneath it. So and Congress. Is so yeah. So Congress. So Congress. <laughs> We're dumbing the House this down. and the Senate <laughs> make the laws. Okay. They write the laws. They make the laws. Okay. The the executive branch, the president, and the administration, um, in enforce the laws. Got it. Um. That being said, there to get make this a little more complicated. Uh. The agencies that are a part of the administrative branch also have the power to make rules. So they, for example, the Environmental uh, Protection uh, Administration okay. may make a rule that says, um, you know, a certain um, thing about pollution or about water quality. Um, in which case that that is binding. Um, so it's as if it were a law uh, essentially created by the um, the legislature. Okay. But they do have that power. And in and the president also has some some of that power too. Well, doesn't it, the president have all the power? Well, technically it was designed such that the president does not have all the power and that's why there are three branches. The three so, branches, right. And the th that brings it really good to the third branch of government, the judicial branch, which then interprets the law. And they decide whether the laws that are made are constitutional or not. Got it. Okay, so if uh, can we do an example like... Um, sure. What would be a good example? Um, mar well, marijuana is not legalized. That's not... What, what's like a... Well, what? hypothetically, let's just say that. Let's say that there were... Mar marijuana was legalized. If marijuana were legalized nationally... Okay. What would happen would be that the House of Representatives would uh, write up a bill and they would uh, then legalize the drug, right. which would then pass in the Senate. It would become law. Uh, and then the Supreme Court could say, for whatever reason, this this is correct, this is the law, or they could turn it, uh, or they could... But, like, marijuana's not in the Constitution. So, like you said... No, like but there would be... An, there's... there's So, um, one thing we didn't mention <laughs> is I did go to law school. Oh, yeah, we um, didn't mention we, that. We, we that was your that, fault. You didn't yeah, that. was that. my fault. <laughs> um, so, no, it's not in the Constitution, but... But um, the Supreme Court uses the Constitution as a barometer for deciding many matters that are not explicitly in the Constitution. Got for it. example, abortion. Right. Um, one of the argument for legalizing uh, abortion or not um, nationally was actually based on privacy. Um, Okay. So it's that which is actually in the Constitution. So 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 abortion's under the Constitution, but the privacy part is in the yeah, Constitution. Yeah. So so basically, um, they use it as a barometer. Got it. To then interpret uh, interpret the laws. So, but then, what's the difference between the House of Representatives and the Senate? So, um, the House of Representatives people uh, representatives are elected every two years. Yeah. 
Uh, Senate, they're elected every six years. Oh, okay. Um, the House is supposed to be a very quick, deliberate body where they take up matters, they decide. It's supposed to be more heated Got and it. passionate. The Senate is supposed to be, there, there was uh, one of the founding fathers, I believe, said something as if the Senate is the saucer in which uh, to cool the hot ah. temperament of the House. So Interesting. It, it's okay. more of a, the Senate is more of a deliberative body. It's supposed to be more thoughtful, take more time. And that's why they're elected every six years. They get more time to I see. And, allegedly so, and the bond. House of Representatives and the Senate are is Congress that makes uh, that com together. Uh, they comprise they compri yes, com Congress and House of Representatives are elected by state. Ha so or are the representatives are elected per state uh, house, uh, both House and, and Senate, both the representatives and the senators are re are elected by um, people in, yeah. within yeah. the states. But House, you you have a district that you live in. Right, right, right. Where we are right now would be one district based right. on. Um, it's actually based on population, ba based on the census, which is actually going to be next year. Okay. And the Senate, every Senate has, every uh, state has two senators. Okay. Uh, no matter the size, it's the same for every single state. And are all those congressmen and women and senators and every, they're all living in D.C. or no? So uh, many of them, that. most of them, actually all of them. Uh, except for the one who actually represents um, Washington D.C., oh. will will be usually in their home district a, okay. or home state the days that they're not in session. So it would be f uh, usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. They're they're not in session on a typical week, right? And then they're home with their constituents and meeting, Got it. and then they're in usually in in D.C. like Tuesday through Thursday generally. And there's and there's two per state. Two, two senators. Two per senators state. per state. Yes, and the number of representatives varies based varies. on that. Okay, so how many right now? Do we know how many there are right now? Uh, well, there's, there's always, so there's always, no, no. That's, I really don't know shit. There's 435 <laughs> oh. nationally. Oh, okay. But so it, it's, okay, okay. But the way that it changes is based on uh, population. It's a process called gerrymandering, which is Wow. It's like another language. <laughs> <laughs> but... But basically, the population—it's—it's it's based on the census, how many there are per state, and what their area they are. Okay. Okay. So, are we all clear on that? I don't think I fully am, but I think I—I—I I, I, I get it more now. Now I get it. I do feel you? him back I, in I history feel, I want to make sure you do. I know, and I want to make sure my people get it too. No, I get it. Like House of Representatives and Senate, um, Congress is—is is, is are those? Yep. And um, and then and now I understand that legislative, wait, 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 executive branch. We know is the president, vice president, and the cabinets, the cabinet, and those the homeland security i love everything having to do with homeland security actually i love homeland the show and i love all that shit so yeah and then you have one season left is there a lot yeah no homeland's over no there's one season left seriously yeah, yeah i don't know when it comes oh out oh my but god i soon. love all that shit i feel like i should have been in the cia or something you could see me in the cia and um and then there's the the judicial uh, i'm sorry the legislative branch branch that comes up with the laws yes and the judicial i'm sorry yeah the judicial branch that enforces the laws and or, or i'm sorry make interprets. sure interprets yep. We're getting there, guys. We're getting there. In We're, terms, getting we're gonna put like notes with this episode. Yeah. Okay, so now in terms of the upcoming election, yep. we have the Democratic Party, we have the Republicans and the uh, Re Republican Party, and then there's the Independent. Correct. And others, I believe. There you are mentioned. other parties too. Do we need to even not know about? I mean, them? well, I guess those are the those are the three. I mean, technically, Republican and Democrat are the two primary parties. Of course, parties. right. So the so. But independent. Okay, okay. So now let's in terms of the Democrat or Republican Independent Party. Okay, sure. So, Demo so how does it work with the election? Like, there's the primaries, and then people get eliminated, and there's a lot of d people running in debates. Like, just can you talk? Sure. Us through so that? right now, 
the the party that is in power, which right now is the Republican Party and right. Donald Trump, of course, um, is generally does not have a primary in the year that they're running for re-election. Right. You know, they're limited to two terms. So after the first term, generally don't have a primary. That being said, it has happened before, and it could happen. Do we know if there's one going to well, be a primary? Well, there are technically people running against uh, right, President right. Trump. Uh, one is a guy named Bill Weld, uh, who was a governor of Massachusetts. Okay. Whether um, it's taken seriously or someone can amass votes uh, in a primary I process is, is different. Now, um, there was a, a legitimate primary contest um, bet between uh, President uh, Carter and um, Ted Kennedy, Okay. Uh, many, many moons ago, but yeah. um, but so so it is possible. But it, in this case, the Democrats are um, you know there's a, there's a large number of them. Right. How the, do you know how many there? Are? I mean, there's a lot. Um, there's I I don't know the exact number right now. Is it like twelve or like ten? So so I would say there's about five candidates that are seriously okay. you know contenders to be president altogether. I I don't know yeah. the number offhand, but it's probably about anywhere from nine at one point i think it was 20 mm, so mm -hmm. it can change and there's a debate tonight mm. um but i think there are you know around five that i think would yeah. are in serious contention okay um okay so now so these primaries are the um th it's there's not like an election before the election so primaries are a really interesting process the schedule is actually set by the party okay it's not set by the government and um the states um all kind of race to have their either what's called this is going to get even more complicated oh either, either Gosh, a primary to make it easy. <laughs> a primary or a caucus it's called yeah um and some states have a caucus some states have a primary and just depends on the state it depends on the state and there are rules about which states can go first and which order they can go in and for example iowa is always the first or has traditionally been the first caucus uh, in the country and a caucus just to explain is essentially a process where people are all in a room and let's just say an auditorium or a gymnasium okay and um, there's passionate debate for uh, taking back to you know the beginning of this country there's passionate debate in favor of a, of a candidate and then people stand in in different places of the room to be counted as to who they're supporting oh, it's very old school it it's seems. very old school and it's very much um Built on on you know some of the principles that our country w is is founded upon. So, but like the state of New York is not doing so. No, a state of New York is is primary. Right, right. Um, and so New Hampshire um, is the or has traditionally been the first primary, um, and that's the first you know where people actually go to the to the ballot box and cast a vote. But those votes don't really. Whole, where do those vote? That's not like you're voting for the president. You're well, you're voting. For, you are. You're voting for president within your own party. So within if you, your own party, if you right. are, so there are certain states that allow independents to vote. I I believe New Hampshire allows independents, um, but some, most a lot of states. I don't want to say most, but a lot of states require that you're registered. Um, so for example, let's say hypothetically you're a registered Democrat, okay. you will then be able to vote in X state. Got in the it. primary, you, have to be you a then registered, pick, yeah, got you then okay. pick the candidate that you like of your party, right. who then will face. So, the, are the primaries the currently going on? So they're going to start off next year, <laughs> early like twenty twenty. Early twenty, the, right? Okay, so, but the debates are going. The debates on. are going yes. on now. Basically, they're trying to winnow down the field. Right, right. Um, have people already knocked off? People have knocked off. One is a senator from New York, um, Gillibrand, who is okay. no longer in. Okay. Um. I okay. So so the primaries are, will be early next year. 
primaries will start yep, early we'll Start early next year. And then at what point, obviously the election is, it's always the second, first Tuesday of the month? First Tuesday of November, sorry. For, it's in November. I believe it's the first, yes. For something. So at what point prior to that are the primaries decided? Like where we're going to know who's running for um, from Democratic Party? Well, that was one of the kickers with, um, with the last, well, actually with every single recent <laughs> primary election. So um, if you go back to 2008, um, if people recall, Secretary Clinton, many people thought Secretary Clinton would be the nominee. Right. Um, then uh, Iowa happened, and um, if I recall correctly, it was um, you know now President Obama I think right. came in first. Uh, John Edwards, Senator Edwards, was somewhere in there. Yeah. He may have been second. Um, so it kind of threw everything into disarray. Um, in which case, then it prolonged the process, and I don't think Secretary Clinton was out of that primary process till June. And then again, in 2016, um, people thought Secretary Clinton would clinch the nomination pretty early. And then right. Senator Bernie Sanders came and gave her a run for the money. And that lasted longer than expected. So it's Got there's it. no set date. OK, well, there is a, there's a set date in the sense that the primaries eventually end. Right. But there's no set date in terms of when someone will actually clinch the nomination. Okay. Um, and then once the person actually does clinch it, they are then nominated at the conventions. Right. Which, which happen is, in the summer. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so right now, and how many debates are there? Or, or does, it varies. It varies. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, technically for the actual presidential, I believe there's three to four. Right. Um, typically in primary, uh, it could be a, I don't, I don't know the number. Uh, yeah. But, but a number. A, a number. Okay. Wow. I need a drink. Don't worry, I'm drinking. Um, okay, so now the biggest issues and topics for Democratic Demo – this is such a broad question, but um, – okay, where should I start this? So, okay, let's start here. The, the world seems very divided right now. The country seems very divided, and I – again, I am not – I'm not a political – person i'm embarrassed to say i really don't know too much but i know it's divided i'm very active on twitter i see what's going on i see the news i see the headlines i don't want to ask why because i know but like what why why is it that we can't aren't we all like after the same thing we want like a great place to live like a great place to be and exist in this world so what what is the main issue right now we know I, like what are the issues right now well that's the question of um, two things. Fractionalization, which is the division of... So we, you, I think when you I, and yeah, I had I talked even, before this... Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so two things. The term polarization, which mm -hmm. is that people are really divided in, on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes. The other one, fractionalization, that, that th for example, the media, there mm -hmm. are certain channels that appeal to yes. certain people, and then those people then only live with that channel, and they don't yeah. hear other viewpoints. And the same thing goes for who they potentially follow on social media, and right. you know who they listen to on the radio yes um so so right now okay so that's actually a good segue because i want to ask about this anyway so fox news is is i mean it doesn't take a genius to figure it out like it's very republican very republican right well so, so they never said that yeah so so to, to, to i guess to to touch upon the first question and then talk about yeah fox and i'm pouring and more wine because i'm so confused no. <laughs> I'm is is the fact i mean there's there's many reasons that people would allege that we are more divided now than we have been. And I'm happy to go into them. But one of them, obviously, is if you're listening to, let's say, Fox News and you're more of a conservative person, right. that's all you hear and that's all you believe and that's all you want to believe. And the same thing could be said for, um, you know, someone who leans more to the left and watches MSNBC. Right, right. Okay, so that's – okay, keep going. So, so, you know, in other words, if – let's just take the current example – 
the House is is on a path uh, potentially to impeach President Trump. That right. That's MSNBC right. every night is you know Rachel Maddow for example could be on TV saying these are all the things he did wrong. These are the reasons he should be impeached. Et cetera, and all et the people f- watching that are like, yes, 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 we Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then on Fox, they're saying, you know, it wasn't really that serious or that bad what he did. He shouldn't be impeached. This is ridiculous. Democrats are nuts to be doing this. And the people that are watching yeah, Fox. Yeah, and yes. so that spiral just continues. Right. And people— So it's the media's fault. I, I wouldn't say it's all the media's <laughs> fault. I'd say that there's a there's blame to be placed. But then where does that—where whose quote, f- whose fault is that? Like, why— then can't the media like come together and be like, let's all be very like um, politically correct. Or, 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 like wh- why? No, yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. And there are channels like who's in charge. There of are, let, let's just say hypothetically something like a public broadcasting service, which people on the, on the right side of the spectrum think is, is left leaning. Right. But let's just say if there were more of a neutral force that um, tried to, tried to be, more moderate in their views the problem is viewership and money and ad dollars right so that's where it is you know there's a reason that people tune in to msnbc at nine o'clock or fox at nine o'clock right and that's because people like like hearing this and that's where the spiral continues and if and if someone already has an opinion on something and 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 someone's kind of um enabling them to have that opinion because they're speaking to what they want to hear they're going to continue listening to that person right like that's just it is what it is right there's no way around that okay so it, okay, here's a specific example. So a lot of you, I, I've heard, and people are like, you know, it's very hard to say this with, like, I'm because we're, I don't, we're not talking sides. I just want to talk facts and what's going on. And okay, so someone will say, well, the only reason they like this is just an example. The only reason they like Trump is because they're s- filthy rich. So what's the deal with like the taxes and the reason that apparently you know the rich people are for Trump? Well, there's been. There's been people who have said that the conservatives and Republicans are more su- are more supportive of laissez-faire, which is less government uh, involvement right. in financials, and that may mean that there are uh, less lower taxes. taxes. Okay. Right. And so, if you're you know making 1.5 million dollars a year. And the and there's a Republican president. And he says those people should pay less taxes. The implication is that he favors people who are, are more wealthy. Well, why would you have a uh, um, somebody who's making more money pay less taxes? They obviously can afford paying more taxes. Well, there's there's been um, so so on the other side, and I'll tap into the other side, and then I'll give some logic with that. But on the other side, for example, um, if you're Senator Bernie Sanders or Senator Elizabeth Warren, the idea is, as you just mentioned, if you're, ma- <coughs> excuse me, if you're making a decent amount of money, um, you should be taxed at a, at a very at a very high rate or a, or a higher rate. Right. Um, and so, and there's the dichotomy between the two positions is that Republicans have traditionally believed in in a trickle down economic policy, which is that if you if you cut the taxes for people who are making a lot of money, right. they will then um, stimulate the economy through spending that money in other uh. means. Whereas de- uh, some of the Democrats who are running who who would argue that you should increase that believe in, in more of a wealth distribution model, which is that, you know, the money should go to the government to then help people. Um, right. So and yeah. who's right? Like, it, again, it's totally it's, it's it, really an e- ideological argument. And there's so there's. Um, 
there's the idea of, and this is one of the things that I focus on in my college yeah. thesis, there's the idea of public morality versus private morality. Mm -hmm. And without going into too much detail, a, 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 a dichotomy, so to speak, started uh, around the 1960s with this political realignment, whereas Republicans really believed in this principle of private morality, to be a good person, you you know do your own good charitable de charitable deeds right. whereas democrats really started believing in the greater good of uh, public morality which is through for example um kennedy or johnson especially lyndon johnson's uh, societal societal programs that benefit everyone right. it, to be fair that actually even started earlier during fdr but okay. the real the real dichotomy between the two started to take shape during the 1960s where there was um, the beginning of, of actually Reaganism when I'm getting really, I'm getting a little How bit too deep How do you know here. all this? Well, this is just from, I don't know. Because uh, I, I don't, I didn't take all this in. For, okay. But, I, I, let, me, let me make okay. that point really, okay. I can make it really succinctly. Basically, there's the, the idea that the Democratic Party believed you could help people through a greater good mm -hmm. and through public, public acts of good. Got it. The Republican Party believed more that you could do, you could do greater good for everyone through private acts. Right. And um, and that exists today um, with exactly what you just described, which is the idea that, you know, uh, someone who's making more on the Democratic side m would believe you should pay more in taxes so the government can do good. Whereas someone on the Republican right. side would believe, well, I can do good individually. I can be a charitable person, cut my taxes so that I can do that good on my own. But what if the 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 taxes are cut for the Republicans, but then they don't do charitable good? Well, that's a that's a fair fair well, point. Well, so is that maybe what people uh, might say? Like, great, you're totally, using totally. And jets to, and yachts. To, to balance it out on the other side, someone could make the argument that the money going to the government is not being used for the right purposes right. too. So it's really sticky. Yeah. No, I mean, if I was, I mean, I would have a lot more gray hair if I was a politician. Do you think I could be one though? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so. Why now, though? Because oh, not, I know why, but like, I feel like this, this, this presidential time, this president right now is like people are angrier than ever on both sides, and I feel like I'm telling you on Twitter specifically, and someone asked something about Twitter and some whatever they saw on Twitter, people are angry, like like the world, like people, the world is angry. Why is it just because people are so? against what the current president is doing and they just are like can't even handle it i mean i i know like we're not gonna get into all of it but with of course the the shootings and the terrible things going on and there's blame pointed at every which way and and that gets can get emotional and whatever but is that why like are people just so against him like is this how it always is and i haven't been in tune uh, i don't know that it's how it always is i think that the pre current president understands how to use and i don't mean this in a negative way he understands how to use the media and the power of the media and manipulation to um to reach people and so he you and know he does a good job at that well through, through his entire life he's really been a marketer of himself right he's never brand. political like he was he's yeah a businessman. and so you know the thing that he's doing is really figuring out how to incite people and push buttons and for example, by calling the media fake media, right. it's really starting, a f you know, a certain animosity that probably right. didn't exist. Well, actually, not probably that didn't exist previously. Right um, now, a lot of the no, why is he doing that? Well, one of the reasons that he won was because he tapped into this 
this populism, this feeling, uh, this anger that a lot of people seem to have. Um, and but what was that anger that he tapped into? I think into? the anger was that a lot of people were frustrated that government wasn't working for them. But the government's never going to please everyone. Tr- truly, right? and, th- and that's a feeling that people have, you know, every time. But he, he, during the election, he spoke to people in a certain way that they felt empowered by what he was saying, that he could go in there and, as he said, quote, drain the swamp, change things up, and uh, make government work for them. Whereas he, he then painted Secretary Clinton as you know, more of this is the same type politician okay. that we've always had. Got it. And so, oh God, I don't know how to ask this in a politically correct way, so I might end up cutting this part. But then why <laughs> I feel like, um, God, this is, I don't mean any disrespect by this at all. I'm literally really just doesn't. taking things from the new or what I see. Why is it said sometimes, or I've read sometimes, maybe on Twitter, that's where I get my news, that like less educated people that might not have the, the good fortune of having a great education are more for Trump. Why is that? Well, I think that the logic there is similar to kind of, you know, what we've been talking about, which is that he he really speaks to the every every man every woman you know he's he knows how to connect he knows how to as they used to say about George Bush he knows how to sit down get a beer with you say what's bothering you say he'll I will fix it like he's like he's um a charmer like he's charismatic I, I, oh, I, I definitely wouldn't call him a charmer yeah that's probably not I call him more of just kind of like it's a, it's a weird way to I would say every man but he's not an every man because he's he clearly shows that he's you know, right. wealthier and and as well, he likes know to state, that. I mean, better. That's literally, yeah. But is. but I think he had a way of connecting with people to make them feel relevant. Same George um, George W. Bush did the same thing. Um, I think Democrats over the years have been criticized for being uh, elitist, Ivy educated, uh, you know, very um, intellectual. But that's not professor. necessarily the truth. No, right? it's not. It's not the truth. But it's easy. I, uh, you know, kind of with the public and private mor- morality yeah. statement, it's very easy to once you get a certain vision of someone and paint someone a certain way, it's very easy to then put them into that cartoon character. Yes. Um, that, that, you know, one of the things when I, when I had spoken with president Clinton in the yeah. past yeah. was he said that he said to me that it was, it was easy for um, Republicans at the time to try and paint him into a two dimensional cartoon. And I think that, I think that that's some of, you know what? When stereotypes are set up, it's very easy to say, is. "Yeah, exactly." It's very easy to say this person is this way and this person's that way when it's not necessarily the truth. But e- because that's just how like they've thought of the Democrats forever and ever and ever, so they it, it, it's just a stereotype. It's just it's a, stereotype, a stereotype, and then a person comes along. You know, you yeah. have someone uh, like President Obama who is clearly very bright. Yeah. Um, and he was a professor, and he comes right. along, and it's very easy to say, "Here's a professor who's very smart who doesn't connect with us." Um, right. you know, so people are just I mean, but, but at the end of the day, no matter there is never going to be one person that's going to please everyone. No, but I think I, I you have to give um, President Obama credit for at the beginning of his election, trying right. to tap into that idea of unity. Yeah. And the great irony of all of this is President Obama won on a message of unity and hope. And quite frankly, President Clinton won on a on yeah. a message of, of hope back in the day, too. And President Trump. I think really won on an argument of uh, of division, but also a different kind of hope, right? right. So it wasn't it wasn't of uh, hope like a kumbaya hope like the Democrat. Right, right. It was a hope like my life will get better for myself. More, more of, of a, a selfish hope. Well, more of a, a more of a 
again, back to the whole thing of public versus private right. morality. It was really like, for myself, it'll get better. Right. You know, as opposed to this will be good for all of us, which is really right. what Secretary Clinton was saying with some of her messaging, which was, I think, together together for us or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that about unity. So do you think... Like I so like sometimes I think like, oh, we are kind of moving in like the right direction because you'll see like, what was it last week where um, Ellen DeGeneres was sitting next to George, George Bush yeah. at um, what was it? A, a Dallas, Dallas Cowboys yeah. game or something like and you have a Republican president, a past president, and then you have a, a homosexual woman. I mean, it's just amazing like that. You would never. That's kind of special, right? Like, well, it was special and it was really unfortunate. I first of all, I think Ellen handled that fantastically it was unfortunate that people were criticizing well that yes i was like that was crazy it was crazy i thought it was amazing it was amazing and the way that ellen handled it by saying listen not all my friends are you know liberal democrats or basically what that's what she said not all my friends are like me was great because that's what people need to do they need to speak with the other one of my best friends in college was a republican yours you're talking one of one of my closest friends was a republican but you guys Um, were i didn't and i think she would agree um, that that we never really argued about the issues. It was about talking about how how good can come and good can come by people working together. It's just a shame what's going on right now. It's, right. it's worse now than it's been. Well, I mean, and I again from someone who is not so in tune with it all, I can see that it. I mean, I feel like people are like it's hate, it's anger, it's, it's there's like there's a lot of that. It's really, but it's scary because I feel like it's causing people to act out in certain ways. Yeah, you haven't. I'm like, just to clarify, Julie made me a whiskey sour, <laughs> which is very good, and I really appreciate well, it. I said, "What do you want to drink?" He said, "A Coke is fine." And I'm like, "No, it's it's a nighttime thing." What? He said, "Well, I like whiskey sour, so I went and bought whiskey, and I went and bought lemon juice." And he's it's drinking very, very slowly, um, and I'm on my third glass of wine. No, um, but I but I feel like like there's always you can there's always hope. Like yeah, there's ho- everyone they're, uh, hopeful that it will become like more of a unified um, uh, country. But like right now, it does seem. No, you do not have to be rocket scientist to see that it is so bad, right? Not, bad. I'm not saying who's president. But I'm just saying in general, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Like people, but people are like angry and acting out. It's just bad. And so, um, I guess okay, someone that wants to get involved but doesn't have the money to like really can't spend a dollar on supporting whatever party they're whatever they want to support. And aside from voting, what can they do right now? Well, you could technically go door to door during an election and try to get out the vote um or but help if, people yeah if they're like not going to do that <laughs> like or, like if they're or, or like what, is there anything they can do from home or like i mean honestly at the very least yeah you can you can talk to your colleagues you can talk mm-hmm. to your friends you can try to convince uh, you know one of the questions that i think you and i had talked about does every vote count and we can yeah talk it does about it that. yeah but but i think you know even if you just make helps, you know, one, two, five people, even if you're texting someone and try to make an argument, it's right. hard. It's hard. It is hard. It's hard. Especially to- if friends, like you said, your college friends, sorry to cut you off, was the opposite view. Like I have one of my best. Well, I, I, I guess it can go back more. But I have a, a, a close friend, probably a handful of close friends. We don't necessarily see eye to eye, but we also like both aren't probably educated enough to really like have a debate about it. But I'm still best friends. With it. Like I don't give a shit. Like. Is, yeah. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's right? a good like thing. I shouldn't like disown her, right? No, <laughs> no. But a- like that's what I I don't I don't like totally understand. Like I have I mean I think a lot of us probably have family members or people we know that are like politics can't come up at the Thanksgiving dinner table because it will be World War Seven. Like so why it just why can't we just all like talk about it? Well, 
why can't we talk about it? Like, talk about, like, why, okay, let's, like, totally hypothetically, let's say, okay, what person A is Democrat, person B is Republican. Why can't they just, like, explain, well, I am, I I feel I'm Republican because of X, Y, and Z, and I feel I'm Democrat because of X, Y, and Z in a calm manner. Well, one would hope that people could, and one would hope that people could respect each other's views. The problem is there's not a lot of that. And I think also, you know, we talked about fractionalization, the idea that people listen to what they want to hear and, yeah. and only watch that. But also the the modes of communication have become so short, you know, with people sending text messages yeah. and, and IMs. And I mean, I'm dating What's myself. What's an IM? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a Yeah. Oh, you were serious. About that. No, I like, yeah. I tuned out. I, yeah, like, I mean, I think that they're just short. I think it's, there's less yeah. conversation. There's yeah. more, you know, short dialogue trying to make a point. And I think also, so you know, social media in general, Twitter, Instagram, people yeah. like these snippets. And so in a snippet, it's very hard to try and get your views across and explain yeah. the the nuances of them. Well, especially if the people following you, like me, maybe I'm not or not as tuned in, and then they just see that snippet, and then they you know, make maybe form their own opinions. Because I I feel like I can't even like I do feel like I'm 33 years old, like I'm educated, like I I feel like I'm a smart girl, but I really like cannot have an intelligent conversation with someone about politics. Well, right now we kind of are, but I'm you just are, asking yeah. all the questions. Um, so do you think like? Do you think we'll ever get back to a place where, like, everyone just can't we all get along? <laughs> like, I, I mean, honestly, I'm not convinced that we will. Wow. Um, I, I mean, it's a shame, it, right? Well, but the thing is, I'm also looking. I'm not looking at this for long term perspective. You know, I, I'm not. I'm thinking very much in the moment, and right now yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. really bad. Right now it's really bad, and it's about to get worse because you know we may be facing an impeachment, but most likely the president will end up getting impeached. Um, but, oh, let's talk about that. Sure. That's can I ask you? So I keep cutting you off because I just have so many questions. But how, isn't that like it's it's a bigger process than just like like he's? I mean that that yeah, could take so, months. It, and, well, yeah, yeah, but and and the term in, in, in the term impeach doesn't necessarily mean much except the fact that he gets quote literally impeached because he if he's impeached and not removed. So just to back up yeah. for two seconds, the House can impeach a president. The Senate then de- then holds a trial and decides whether to remove that person from office. Oh, it's like a whole process. It's a whole process. So what looks like it may happen and probably will happen is the president gets impeached. And then and the Democrats control the House. The Republicans control the Senate. As, yep. of, as of today, which is October you know, 15th, right. it does not look like he will get removed from office. Right. Which means that then he could be impeached but could run again. It uh, likely would run again. Wait, but, and then, but what's the definition of impeach then? Is uh, impeached the equivalent to getting impeached is essentially getting um, like getting charged. No, it's oh. like getting charged. You know, if you're charged with a crime and then you face the jury and you get acquitted, um, you were charged with the crime, but there were oh, no but you got consequences. Off. You got off. So you, essentially, you, that would be the, uh, an easy way to think of it is that you know he was. He was charged with something, whatever crime, quote, high crimes and misdemeanors, but whatever, whatever it was. And then um, then the Senate, you know, basically let him run free. But the Senate is run by the Republicans. So then obviously he's going to be free. Well, the only way that could change and it has happened is, for example, when um, President Nixon was in office, it got to a point where it was so bad where Republicans turned to President Nixon during the, the Watergate scandal and said, hey, hey, pal, it might be a good idea to, to leave office. Oh, so if you voluntarily. Well, what what could happen if it got really bad is Republicans could turn to him and be like, listen, bud, 
you know, maybe you should just step. But why down. would they? Oh, because if they don't, because I, because or or you know, or they could say, you know, listen, you might want to step down to save yourself the embarrassment uh, because we're going to remove you. The other thing that could happen is they could say, listen, bud, you might want to step down, and then they go through and they, they don't remove him. But I I would think the only the only scenario that would happen where Republicans would turn to him and say you might want to step down would be. If it looks like he's going to be removed from office, just just they want to save have him save face, save face. But yeah. then he could run again. And as far as my understanding is, if the president is impeached, he or she yep. can then run again if he or she gets the party nomination. Now, oh, the okay. question is, if the president is removed from office as well as being impeached, okay. can he or she then run again? Right. And apparently there are some arguments constitutionally that that person can, in fact, run again. But how? I don't know the constitutionality. You don't know of everything, it. David. <laughs> I I would have to look more into it. But okay. my my opinion, from a political perspective, forget about the legal arguments, are it would be impossible for that person to get the party's nomination. Again oh, you're right, right. If right, they're impeached right. and removed from office. That okay. being said, someone as brazen as, let's say, hypothetically, the current president, right, were impeached and removed from office. I could see that person potentially running as, let's say, an independent just to run. Oh. That could be a possible scenario. But, but then again, I don't think we're even coming close to that because I don't think President But independents Trump... don't win. Has an independent ever won? So independents have thrown elections. For example, Ross Perot. The re- one of the oh. reasons that President Clinton won um, his election was because Ross Perot got a big chunk of the vote. Oh, so then um, and tip the I election. See. So one po- one possible scenario, even though this is far fetched, is Mike Bloomberg. If mm-hmm. Mike Bloomberg sees that that Senator, if if Mayor Bloomberg sees that Senator uh, Biden is not doing as well as he should be, and maybe doesn't get the nomination, uh, Mayor Bloomberg has said that he would consider joining the race. And someone. But like, when will he decide? Like it's t- it's very late. It's very well. First of all, there would be no primary for him because he would run as an independent. So he uh, could technically run one out, even next year. But you still need well, first of all, he doesn't need money. But you know, hypothetically one needs money. Hypothetically one needs to, you know, get out the vote and have ads and make their case. It's very easy for us sitting here in New York to say Mayor Bloomberg could come in and win. Right. I don't know that others other people would feel the same way. Got it. This is re- should you just run for president? Well, first of all, I'm a little young, but Wait, um, what's the youngest thirty five? You have to oh, be thirty-five. Oh, you have to be thirty-five. Yeah. Oh, so you know, in, in two years. Is that really? I didn't know that was the rule. You have to be yeah. thirty-five. So you have to be twenty-five to run for Congress. You have to be thirty to run for Senate, and thirty-five to run for president. So, are you planning on running no. in a few years? <laughs> <laughs> do, I, do I enjoy <laughs> politics? Could I one day potentially run for something? Maybe. Um, I'm surprised you haven't run for something. Yet. I, I. You were high school president, weren't well, you? That was my, you know, right now. That was my first and last <laughs> campaign, and uh, it was a fun one at that. But um, but as of right now, I don't have plans to do okay. that. Um, so what would your message be to uh, – what message would you want – And we're, we have not done the quick fire round. Don't you dare think we're getting away without that. No, just I'm ready Because this it. is a different kind of episode. We're still I'm ready for it. it. But before that, what message would you want to leave with everyone listening in general, like about everything going on? Like just – Well, I think I, it's the message that you actually mentioned. I think it's that people need to talk and listen. Yeah. I think people are very um, keen on talking and not listening. And I think it's important to hear both sides. Mm-hmm. And for all you know, you might actually think the other side has a really good, really good point. 
an argument to make. So talking and listen and listening, really. Really, even. honestly, we can cut out the talking. Cut out the There's a lot of talking going on. Yeah, it's I mean, listening. I think listening is really important. What what happens? I guess. Sorry, I know I said that was the last one, but one more thing. What happens if um you know someone you know is listening more and like oh okay they were Democrat and, or vice versa whatever Democrat and now they're thinking oh I actually agree with some Republican things or vice vice versa. What then? What do you do? Do you just not vote? Well, I wouldn't encourage anyone to not vote. Right, I, I would agree. encourage everyone. I, that was to totally vote. like I think everyone should vote. Are you saying if you don't agree? What if you, you agree with both sides I on think, different things? I think you have to figure out which side appeals to you more, both for you and your, uh, you know, and your children's generation. So and think about after that. I mean, you, you you politics is both selfish and selfless. I mean, you have to care about yourself mm -hmm. but you also have to care about others and it's sometimes you know when you're voting for an issue or a candidate you have to decide what's best for you but other times you have to decide what's best for everyone and it's a balance i was just gonna say and there's a, that's a very tricky balance right because you have to what if something i'm not going to start giving examples but like that can be hard because then you it's I, I oh i know one of the main things i want to ask and that's just reminded me that there's so much information out there, but maybe this podcast episode will help you. But there's so much information out there, and there's so many news outlets and, and newspapers and magazines and blogs. What it's there's so much. Like, what do you do? Like, what what is there like one place you recommend people looking or like? Well, I love to read two things in the morning. One is Politico. It's okay. Pl Politico playbook. Is it is it one side or the it's other? A, no, it's both, and it's a newsletter that comes to my inbox every morning. Okay. Political playbook. And the other one is called Axios, which is a fairly news Axios, fairly someone new on my podcast mentioned. organization um, that comes to my inbox every morning. So I read both every single morning. So you're not reading every morning CNN, uh, Fox, or whatever. You're not reading all that shit every day. No, I basically, the, the good news about those two that come to my inbox is they both provide really good analysis and um, summaries, essentially, of the Th daily. That's what I'm asking. This, yeah, the you, daily political. So that's kind of the, what you would recommend if someone just wants the summaries. They don't want to get the in-depth, you know. Yeah, and I would say Axios is a little more, more um, is a little shorter okay. than, uh, than political playbook, but right. they're both pretty good. Okay, so that's because there's a lot out there. Like you could literally find articles on everything that have differing opinions, but this it's not really opinions. No, this isn't opinions. And I would also say that if you are someone there who goes out to to um, affirm your or reaffirm your opinions, it's always good to read contradictory opinions as mm -hmm. well. God, you're so smart. Okay, so bottom line, though, people should vote. People should vote. They need to vote. People should vote, and it really does make a difference. I yeah. mean, you know, there's a lot of people who I think didn't vote who you know didn't necessarily love secretary clinton but never thought that donald trump could be elected right and to this day are saying you know did i make a mistake mm. um so you know it's it's important it's important to get out there and vote sometimes you're not always going to love the candidates as much as for example i liked secretary clinton R right um but you should still make your make your voice dent heard and make your voice heard, heard. yeah, yeah. That's good. So it's such a good segue, and now we're going to get into this. This is the rapid fun. fire? This is rapid fire. All right, I'm okay. ready. Some are serious, some are not. Okay, let's start with what's a good – okay, here's a good one. If you were running for president, what would your slogan be? Um, if I were running for president, my slogan would be something that has the word tomorrow in it. I think, mm. you know, back to President Clinton um, – use the campaign song don't stop thinking about tomorrow yeah which is yeah. a great song but i think it's it's always you know we talk about selfish versus self selfless and i think politics 
you know, again, you make a decision in the voting booth, maybe what's best for you. But at the end of the day, it's always about tomorrow and, and what the future holds. Yeah. So something with tomorrow in it. Probably. I like that. You should run. I, I'll be your campaign manager. You, sh- you should be. Yeah. Um, I'll be the podcast for it. Okay. What, um, what words of wisdom would you give? It's not politically. It's just totally separate. But what words of wisdom would you give to the next generation? To, to If you had kids or, like, you know, the next kind of the people coming into the world. Well, back to our friend Ellen. I think I it's about her. being kind. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's a lot of people who just lack that empathy. And that's a, a word that we hear all the time now, but it's true. I mean, yeah. it's, being kind goes a long way, and it's important. So, oh, I love, you're so you're such a good person. Uh, we'll see. Okay, what <laughs> motto or quote do you always try to live by? Um, there was a gentleman named Pat Croce who owned the yeah. Philadelphia 76ers who came to speak oh, at, at uh, Penn ah. and said, um, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And that's true to you. If you didn't, you know, ask about doing some of this stuff, you probably you might not be podcasting today. it's true it's true so if you don't ask the answer is always no i love that yeah. okay um if you could have drinks or dinner or lunch or brunch with anyone living or dead who would it be that's a really good question thanks um my gosh if i could have drinks with anyone anyone living or dead um I, I don't want to give a political answer here, so I would. I but would, you want to give a no? Point. I mean, I, obviously, I could name an earlier president that would be, you know, exciting or something like yeah. that. But I think there's probably some people who are, you know, I have to say, I've always kind of wanted to talk one on one with Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. I don't know if you've read. S- yes, his but book. someone I think said that as an answer before. That's a, I mean, okay, he's cool. he's just awesome. Right. I've I mean, seen him speak a few times. Yeah. I love the way he thinks. So you'd love to like sit down with him. Yeah, just okay. Sit down. And then if him. you had to pick a political, it, like, have a political. I mean, answer. it would be interesting to meet with someone like George Washington. Simply, I yeah, mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Just to see, like, are we have we totally screwed this up, or are we? I doing think we okay? have, right? I mean, from his perspective, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. <laughs> um, if someone were to play you in a movie, who would it be? <laughs> um. God. Either based on looks or aura or anything, or just vibe, like their vibe. Um, who I would like to play me would sure, be Tom sure. Hanks, but who okay. would play me? Um, Maybe Tom Hanks would play. He's here. just such a. He just seems I mean, like such a nice guy. He is. Who would probably play me? Probably someone more like Ben Stiller. Let's. Yeah, let's I can be see that. Yeah. I can see that. And what would the movie be about? Like, what would the synopsis be, or the title, or the? You know. Growing up in a small town, going on a podcast with someone named Julie. <laughs> it would be like Groundhog like Day. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe oh, you could do it every single day. I would love it. Yeah. Okay, good, good. I like it. Okay. Um, if there was a plane outside, where would it, you have it take you? Um, I would actually make it one of those planes that, almost like that around the world cruise ship. There is a plane oh. now. There's like is a, there really? Yeah, I think, or, or they were trying to develop it. I think it was Crystal. Um, that's a cruise line. I think they develop, oh. They were wanted to develop a plane that essentially brings you around the world, and so I would want but it to stopping in different stops. places. It's like a cruise ship, but it's an airplane cruise ship. I would hate that. I hate flying. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, you know <laughs> who does? But you know, hypothetically, it would be that's what you would want. Yeah. And what be, three things would you take if you not like people and pets or whatever are already accounted for? Things. What could? What would you take? So, um, and let me let me actually tell you a little tidbit before before I get to that. Yeah, I love tidbits. Um, so there's a number of countries that the U.S. doesn't have formal diplomatic relations with. Some are obvious. Right. Like Iran. 
Right. Uh, or Iran. Well, and now Cuba, it was, and now it's not, Cuba, right? Cuba, um, North Korea. Right, right, right. There's another one called Bhutan, which I most know. people don't know this. Okay. That we don't really have formal diplomatic relations. Um, but they actually, the way that the country works, uh, and I'm laughing because it, it seems preposterous from our side, but it's actually incredible, is instead of uh, instead of having like a GDP or, or, in, yeah. or monetary value, they have a, a happiness index. Shut the fuck and up. And that's how the country... Oh, just because I didn't want to curse on this episode. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think, you know, there are probably many reasons as to why we don't have diplomatic relations, but Bec- one of the reasons might be it's just such a different standard of, of living. But what do you mean a happiness? That's, they base their, like, essentially their, their quote, currency is based on happiness. So they don't have an economy. No, they do have an economy. It, it's just... Like if I wanted to buy a pair of shoes... Yeah, I believe they. I'm sure that they have some kind of monetary. So, what's the happiness system. part of it, though? Well, you know, I would have to look more into it okay. to get back to you. <laughs> He's gonna come back for but part two. We're gonna talk about Bhutan. It's it's this idea. Where is Bhutan? It's in it's in like Southeast Asia. Asia, yeah, area. yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And it's it's a the country is at least to some extent built on this idea of happiness. I want to live there. Yeah, well, is it supposed to be lovely? I don't know. Okay, but I've the plane, never, maybe the plane will maybe stop the, there. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking we could stop there. And then the three things we could take Oh, there, yeah, what are the three things? Yes. Um, are things that, you know, I guess would, would make one happy. So yeah. one would be, um, you know, my wife. I have to give No, them. I just oh. said you can't pick people or pets. Okay, but don't cut this out. I still need the... No, I know. We need, the, you need, <laughs> we need her to know you would take her. I still need to Lee, know that she would take come. you. Um, no <laughs> but she'd already be there. Pets. So, like, who? what are the three okay. items? Um, is it whiskey? Like, so, uh, no, I don't know that it would be whiskey. It would be my, <laughs> um, uh, no people or pets. This no, is very, very things, challenging. Thing, thing, like uh, items, like a book or a phone or a. So do I have nothing there? Is there nothing? Oh, moving? No one's ever asked me the details. I don't know. I think your wife, your wife, your family's there or, or if you wanted them there and your <laughs> pets, if you have them are there. But um, otherwise, you got to figure it out. Like I've had someone say a charcuterie board of cheese and meat. I've had someone say their cell phone, um, sunscreen. I mean, I think cell phone would be important. Yeah, Because then you could reach out to other people. But that's not, that's like a cop out. I know, everyone has that. Um, Like is there a book you love or like a trinket, like a a food that you wouldn't be able to get on the – place you're going i mean an endless supply of pasta would always be good i love pasta love pasta yeah okay so pasta um and then i feel like something that you know i would collect or something that you're talking about like a trinket i'm not exactly sure what that would be i have some i do have a little bit of an autograph collection from years in politics politicians right i do have a hess truck collection so would you bring those probably not no No, i'm just trying to think of random things to bring this is i have a hess truck collection a what you know the the Hess gasoline stations. Why do you have? Oh, from when you were like seven. They have, but I've collected one every single year. Do you have thirty three? I've missed a few years, unfortunately, okay. and I started a little late. But even every Why year, Hess truck. So they make these, and hopefully some people listening will be able to know what I'm talking about. So I don't it doesn't know if sound my people will or not. Absolutely we'll insane. <laughs> but Hess Hess gasoline every year made like a toy truck mm. that became a collectible, mm. and they all have these flashing lights and stuff. And so I started collecting them from a young age, and they're just fun. Okay, so but we're not going to bring those to Bhutan. Yeah, we're bringing. We just decided okay, we're, we're going to bring the Hess trucks. We're, <laughs> we're bringing <laughs> my Hess trucks, my autograph collection. <laughs> 
and a phone. This is really depressing. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever answered yeah. like this, but I'm glad we just spent the last just, seven minutes talking those, about it. No, really, I, I appreciate that. You know, I love since, that. I love since that. Since my friends and family are there. Yeah, they're there. If you want my, them there. Yeah, everyone everyone I love is there, and and my Hess truck collection. And <laughs> so I'll just play with them until the end of time. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, who is your celebrity crush? Um, Celebrity crush. So... This is actually really funny. Oh. I love Zoe Deschanel. Who, I mean, who doesn't? I think she's beautiful. Yeah, but you know. I bet she's a little quirky. She's quirky. Yeah, and the funny thing is whenever people ask like a question like this to me, I'll say something like, I love Zoe Deschanel. And they'll be like, what's wrong with you, man? Like, Really? That's your, that's Yeah, the because they're like, they're like, how come you didn't name, you know, Jennifer Heidi Aniston Klum or, or Heidi Klum. Right, yeah, right. It's just kind of like a random But it's answer. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, I just think she's fun. I think she's so, you know, pretty. And Do you like the movie um, 500 Days of Summer? Yes. And uh, what was she in the New Girl or New? I like that show a lot. You like that? Okay, yeah. so that's your that's your hall pass. If Lee was well, giving you a hall pass, I don't pass. know if it's a hall pass. I mean, hall pass. Maybe I'll give some other answers too. <laughs> but you know, I. But the celebrity crush would be yeah, Zoe yeah. Deschanel. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you had one extra hour in the day, what would you do with it? Um. Honestly, I think it's really important that people are able to be with themselves a little bit and think. Mm. And I'm not, I never really meditated. I tried once and I think I fell asleep. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I and I, but to kudos, you know, and credit to everyone. No, it's can. amazing. I wish I could, please. Um, but I I think it's important to have that those moments and really kind of set yourself up for the day or unwind at the end of the day. And I think everyone needs that. So if you could, if there was that extra hour that you could just do that. Well, as of right now, I think I have my day structured where it's okay. I think it'll become more complicated, you know, as you get a family and as you oh, get busier. Oh, yes, yes, I think I people, I, you know, I, I look at, at some people who have three three children, you know, wake up very early, work an entire day, and I say, when do they have time for themselves? So, well, they might have like nanny and help, or maybe they, they don't. might. They, 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 might might, not. they might not. But, and you know, ideally, I'd like to buy that, you know, one hour now so that, you know when I need it's it. It's in your routine when yeah. you have the kids. Yeah, right, I think it's right, important. Right. Um, wait, I think that was it, but I don't want it to end. This was so, so good. Although it's definitely my longest for sure. Really? Oh, not actually. No, not my. You longest. think anyone will listen to the whole? I thing? don't know if anyone's still listening at if this point. If anyone's still no, listening, right in. But I will say though, like I feel like that was very informative, and you did kind of you did um make it easy to digest to a degree. Like I feel like there's only you can only dumb it down so much. Like the facts are the facts. Um, but maybe if people are interested, we could do a part two with more specific questions on. I don't know. I, I don't want my thing to turn into a political thing, clearly, because I'm all about, you know, my wine and my things. But this was so fun. Well, if you ever want me back for something else, I would be happy to do it. I'm very proud of you. I think you're doing an amazing job to know you this long and see how, you're so sweet. how awesome you're doing with this. I've literally this known wonderful. you since when? 2006, when I went to, when I transferred I, to Greeley. That's when you came? And that's that, like, year. over 10 years? Wait, it's not that long. Wait. I, I did that we wrong. We just did that wrong. Okay. It was 2002 then. <laughs> 2002. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason today, you're just two years off the whole time. Man, I'm just off because this episode is very different for me. But I think I did a good job. I think we like really covered it. I think we did. Okay. Thank you so, so much. Tell Thank everyone, you, would you want people to follow you? If so, give your Instagram and all sure. your stuff. Sure. I mean, it's my name, David Helfenbein. That's not, not your Instagram. I think it's day. I think it is my name. I'm pretty sure it's my name. And Twitter, you're pretty, are you good on, are you? I mean, I can always, um, yeah, and uh, I don't really tweet that much, to be honest with you. You should, because you're. I mean, the honest truth is, if people want to contact me and want to talk to me, yeah. feel free to write you. 
Oh, and, and they can and get in touch with you. with Julie. Because if they have questions for and you Julie or something they want to talk to you. loves when people engage. I she's love very good at it. So engage with Julie. She'll reach out to me. And and also, I should put in a plug for my wife. People should follow. It's Here's Hungry Obsession. Yeah, she's actually huge on Instagram. Hungry Obsession on Instagram. It's great food. It's a great food Instagram. Food blogger. So. Food blogging yeah. and Instagram. You're so Oh, my God. Lee, he's the sweetest. Okay. Thank you all so much Thank for Thank you, listening. Julie. Thank you, David. As always, follow me at Julie Lauren 14 and I'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye.